Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The dream is made real. Ricky Howard rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Welcome Fight Fans to the Big Fight Preview for what is a triple header of a week in terms of the fights that are on. So this weekend we've got coming, we've got Cambosis Jr. versus Devin Hayner, we've got Stephen Fulton versus Daniel Roman, we've got Joe Cordina fighting for a world title against Kenichi Ogawa, and then on the 7th of June, the following Tuesday, we've got Nanito Donaire and Nao Anue, the second fight in what's going to be another epic night of boxing over in Japan. So we're actually recording this episode uh, about a week prior to these fights because we're both away next week, so there's going to be no reaction shows for the Javonta Davies fight and for this in particular... We're doing this a little bit ahead of what we normally do in terms of our time frame because of the fact that we're both on holiday next week with our families. But we wanted to make sure we did a big fight preview for you guys so that we could give us our thoughts, feelings and opinions. And, and obviously we'd like to hear from you guys once you've listened to it through the social media channels. But Johnston, what a mad week for fights. What a really good week for fights in terms of the, the level and the quality of fights. The undisputed lightweight championship We've got Joe Cordina fighting for the IBF Super Featherweight title, a new Aiden Air 2, all in the space of a week. Yeah, it's fantastic, really. I mean, some great names that you just mentioned there. And yeah, I'm looking forward to all the fights, really, every single one of those, especially those three, uh, in particular, obviously, Joe Cordina as well for us. is It's going to be interesting to see if he can win his first world title in his first world uh, title fight. So. Uh, interesting to see how, how he does there. We'll obviously run through some of that and how we think what we think of his chances and what he needs to do, etc. But all in all, some fantastic names, some big names in the sport. Um, and yeah, so a lot quite even fights to be fair as well. Um, so yeah, we're looking forward to it and looking to break down some of these big fights. Well, we'll have to scoot through them, won't we? Because we've got three big yeah. major fights that, that we want to talk about. And I think 
we're going to do a bit of time hopping here. Apologies uh, if it seems a bit confusing the way we're doing it, but we're looking at the 5th of June first and foremost because I want to talk about Cambosis Jr. versus Haney, which, you know, for me, it just about edges the, the best fight of the weekend potentially between these two fighting for the WBA, the IBF, the WBO World Lightweight titles. I'm, I'm genuinely excited for this fight. Two undefeated fighters going in there and Haney travelling to Australia, which I was very surprised that he's that he's decided to do that. But Candosis Jr., you know, he holds the, the marbles, really, in this instance. And it's a really, really good fight between the two of them. George Cambosis, for a lot of us, has probably come from nowhere for the average boxing fan. We saw him in a close fight with Lee Selby. That's the first real time I saw Cambosis Jr. as a fighter. Prior to that, I'd not really seen too much of him. So when he came onto that stage by beating Selby, I was thinking, you know, this is a, a genuinely good fighter here. We could go on to, to do something in the sport. And then when he beat Tiafimo Lopez and got all the titles, I was like, wow, you know, this guy has actually got a lot more than what I thought he had. And now he comes up in, in the challenger in Devin Haney, also undefeated, 27-0, who will be looking to fulfil his destiny, or what he believes is his destiny, to go on to win these three particular titles in the division. This is a really great matchup between the two of them. And I don't think I'm really swaying to any one fighter in terms of who wins this fight. I'm genuinely excited for, for what I think is a genuine 50-50. I think so, uh, but there is one point I would like to mention, and I think it's the elephant that's in the room, and this this fight, as you've already mentioned, being in Australia, uh, Cambosius goes into this fight, for me, with a slight advantage, because quite simply, anything close will more than likely go in his favour, and I hate to say that, I mean, look, it, I'm not, I don't mean to be disrespectful to the judges, or the referee, or the committee out there, but it happens, and it happens on these shores too. It happens in America, France, and Germany. So for me, I feel that Devon Haney needs to be more conclusive in what he does against Cambosis Jr. for him to get a decision out there. And I and I can't hate to say it, but you know, I had to get out of the way first, Sean, because I do feel that Cambosis, although many are, the, Haney's the betting odds favourite, but I think people are missing the fact that it is in Australia, and I think we do need to take that into consideration. Well, looking at Haney's record, it's his last three fights which have really, really put him on the map massively. I mean, Yurkaris Gamboa, a victory over him over 12 rounds. Jorge Linares, a victory over him over 12 rounds. And then Jojo Diaz, a victory over him over 12 rounds. Three great victories for him have put him in this position where people now consider him to be arguably the best in the division. Some might say that He's different. Some might say that Lopez was. Some might say Lomachenko still is. But at that time, Devin Haney had the WBC title. He was elevated to WBC champion. In this particular bout, this title isn't on the line because it isn't the the version that he was gifted that time. I remember him getting a phone call and just saying, yep, you're the champion, mate. And then everyone talking about it on social media. But he hasn't got that title. He doesn't hold it. And it's not on the line. So these are for the free titles that George Cambosis Jr. picked up when he fought Tiafimo Lopez in, in his last outing, which, you know, to be fair to him, was a great victory. He had him down in round oh, yeah. one, Lopez, and then he got put down himself in round 10, but still managed to get the split decision. Two of the judges scoring it three and four rounds respectively to Cambosis. People argue that Tiafimo wasn't on his game and that he'd, 
he'd overlooked Cambosis. Whatever the reason, he lost. And Cambosis is now in this position to fight Devin Hayner. And I think this is a really, really good fight. And you mentioned the elephant in the room. How much will it be a factor on the night? Will It really depends on what styles come into the fight, what sort of game plans come into the fight. Because I think Devin Hayner, like you say, is probably the slight favourite going into this fight. But Cambosis has got a lot more on his side for this particular one. I think Cambosis has got a style that will give Haney some problems in this fight. And I think that style that we saw against Selby and against Lopez, you know, it shows that he can cause these fighters problems with his combination punching. But he is susceptible to getting hit himself. And this is where sort of Haney can capitalise on this. If he can if he can capitalise on the mistakes that Cambosis makes in the fight, which he does, he's made them, I've seen him a few times make the mistakes. If he capitalises on that, then he really could end up turning the tide of the fight. But I am still a bit struck as to how close this might actually be, whether it will go down to the wire or, like you said, whether Haney has to win it con- convincingly or conclusively, will he have to knock Cambosis out? I mean, it's interesting. I mean, look, Devin Haney, for me, he you know, he's the slick fighter. He does everything very well. He works well behind his jab and he waits for openings. He's patient. And I think he, he's got excellent speed. I think his speed is quicker than Cambosis. But one thing is, is Cambosis does have brilliant timing. And as, as you mentioned, the Selby fight and the Lopez fight, he demonstrated both of those. And he also showed great heart as well in, in the Lopez fight in particular, being dropped late and then holding on to take that victory, which we felt he deserved. And he's also very patient, Cambosis, you know, with his pressure. And I don't think you'd be too concerned if Devin Haney takes an early lead, which I sort of... When I'm thinking of the fight, and I've watched sort of some of their fights back, I do feel that Devin Haney will take the advantage quite early. And I think um, he could even take the first sort of five or six rounds. And Cambosis, but I don't, I don't believe he's going to worry too much about that. And I think he will, he won't, that won't worry him. And he, he will keep putting the pressure on and trying to find those openings. Like you mentioned with Devin Haney, he can be quite slick and he can be, you know, he can avoid shots well, but the trouble is, is he has been hit, he's been wobbled a couple of times, but his chin stood up to those. Uh, you know, Linares hurt him, and he stood up to those. Is Linares a bigger puncher than Cambosis, or is Cambosis a bigger puncher than Linares? I would probably say Linares probably just has the edge, even though he's a bit older. So Haney has shown he's got the the chin, but if Cambosis does wobble him, and he does hit a great, you know, if he lands, if he gets his timing right, and Haney does take one right down the pipe, that's where it's going to be interesting because the other element about this is Devin Haney's dad is not going out there. He, Bill Haney is not able to travel to Australia because of a 1992 criminal conviction. So uh, Yoel uh, Judah, uh, the mentor of Bill and father of Zab Judah, will actually be in his corner. But he's been in his corner. I, I believe he's um, Bill Haney actually said that um, Yoel has a, a great relationship with, with his son and he's almost like a, a grandfather to him, he said. So, you know, he's going to be confident in there, but if he does get hurt and he goes back to the corner, he's used to seeing his dad Bill in there, whether that could also pay, pay, you know, like could pave the way for Cambosis later on in the fight to put the pressure on. Look, if this was in America, I would say Haney by UD, but I, I think there are elements there where Cambosis can use his timing and use his heart and grit and, like you say, throw in combinations and give Haney a world of trouble. So, look, there's, there's elements in this fight I think it's going to be a lot closer, but I do still sort of side with Haney. I think he might just get through this. Well, prediction for this fight for me is it's been very difficult to 
comprehend really as to who I, re who I really think is going to win this fight. On one hand, I think Cambosis might edge it. You know, it might be one of them really busy fights where he looks busy and he ends up taking it on the cards. I'm not saying he won't obviously hurt Haney or, or get to him, but I mean, he'll look busier in, in the rounds, whereas Haney might be a little bit slicker, try to pick the shots. And if he doesn't become as active as what Cambosis is in fights, then maybe that will hinder him a little bit. However, having said that, I do think Haney has got the skills and ability to make it a, a relatively slick performance from himself. But he's going to go in there and he's going to need to take the advantage straight away. So, bearing all that in mind, in terms of how I think this fight goes down, I actually do think it's going to end up going to the card and I think it's going to end up being a split decision. Haney, I think, is the one that's going to get the decision, surprisingly, because even though it's in Australia, I do think he's going to get the decision. But it's not out of the realms of possibility for Cambosis to take this in what could end up being a, a controversial decision. I can kind of imagine this fight, if it doesn't go to Haney, Cambosis gets it, but gets it controversially. So we'll get to see how it pans out. But it's a brilliant fight. I'm really excited to see it because there are a lot of elements to the fight where, you know, genuinely, I'll wake up tomorrow morning after recording this and I might start thinking, you know what, Cambosis just takes this. And that's the type of fight yeah. it is. It does have you it questioning. Is. It does have you questioning, doesn't it, whether or not you can mm -hmm. see either man winning it? And that's the that's the beauty of it being a, a 50 50 fight. Well, just quickly running through the undercard before we move on to the next big fight. The two Maloney brothers, Jason and Andrew, are both on the undercard, as well as Junior Farr taking on Lucas Brown. Some notable names there also on this particular undercard. Now we'll move back to the fourth of June. We'll talk about the fights that are happening then. And we're going to start in America before we come to the UK. There's a big fight happening, which doesn't really form part of the main title of this episode. But we can't not talk about it. Stephen Fulton, 20-0. Daniel Roman, 29-3-1. WBC, WBO, World Super Bantamweight titles, both on the line in this fight. This is also a brilliant fight this coming weekend. I'm really, really excited. You've got... Stephen Fulton, who's got the WBC, beating Brandon Figueroa in his last outing. And then you've got the WBO title, which he also holds, which he beat Angelo Leo for last year as well. So this is, for me, this is this is a really, really good fight because Daniel Roman is probably the opponent he needs at this stage of his career. With the amount of opponents he's been in the ring with, the likes of Gavin McDonald, TJ Doney throughout his career, you know, them two particular names most people will know. Uh, he lost to Merjadon Akhmedalaev as well in 2020, which was a split decision loss, which a little bit controversial in some people's eyes as well. But he's been on a two-fight winning streak and he's ready to challenge for these titles that Fulton currently holds. I think this is another good fight. I am excited to see this fight this weekend. I'm thinking that this will be a Stephen Fulton victory. I think he'll, I think he'll look really good against Roman. I think Roman will cause him quite a few problems throughout the course of the fight. But judging on what I've seen of Stephen Fulton so far, I, I honestly think he, he's an underrated star in the making. And I agree with you. I mean, we uh, we've we done our end of year show. We had Stephen Fulton Jr. in and around as far of the year last year. Uh, with some great wins, especially the Brendan Figueroa win in particular. Um, look, he, he's got the reach, he's got the height advantage. He's a bit younger than Daniel Roman. Daniel Roman does, you know, he's a comfortable fighter. I enjoy watching Roman. I've seen some good fights in, in, in the previous, previously throughout the years of his. And I, I do enjoy watching him as a fighter, but I do think he's quite limited. And I think Fulton Jr. is a little bit more, well, not a little bit, I actually think he's quite a bit more superior in his boxing skills 
he's a little bit younger, obviously, as I said, and I just feel that he will take this eventually by quite a wide margin. I can see it going that way in Fulton Jr. getting another decent victory on his record. So let's move to the Motor Point Arena in Cardiff again on the same night, Saturday the 4th of June. Kenichi Oag Ogawa, can't even pronounce his name, Ogawa. There you go. Kenichi Ogawa is coming here to defend his IBF World Super Featherweight title against 14-0 Joe Cardina. Now this is a pretty good coup really, getting Oagwa to the UK and, and to Wales in particular for Cardina to potentially win his first world title. Now if I look at Ogawa's career and his record, he has had some good names in the Super Featherweight division. However, and this is the however about this fight, I do feel that he has got a little bit of a deceptively padded record fighting most of his fights in his native country of Japan. Tevin Farmer's probably the only notable major name on his record, and that was a no contest in that. It was actually changed from a split decision win for Agawa to a no contest due to Agawa testing positive for androsteroid, the, the drug, in 2017. So, really, for me, not only is he a drugs cheat, but he's not really fought anybody else other than Tevin Farmer throughout his career. A lot of his record is padded. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. That, that, again, that's my opinion. Read from it what you will. But if you do your research yourself into... It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This fella, you can see that he's got a bit of a padded record. He's had one notable fight. He initially got the split decision, but that's very tainted because of the drugs test. So... You know, how good is he really? We don't really know. Joe Cardina, we've not really seen him get to that level yet. This is his opportunity that 
we've been waiting for since Rio 2016, since he came out of that Olympics six years ago. We've been waiting for this opportunity. We've seen him on the domestic shores with some, some great victories on his record. The likes of Gavin Gwynn, Andy Townend, and then he had Farouk Kabanov, who's actually fighting Zelfa Barrett on the same undercard. You know, there, there have been some good victories for him, but we have been waiting for this moment where we know he's a talented fighter, we know he's ready to step up. When is it going to happen? Well, now is the opportunity for him to become the IBF super featherweight title. How do you see this fight going down? Well, yeah, Ogawa was, um, as you say, I mean, I watched a bit of a few of his fights. Um, I mean, he's an upright fighter. He doesn't really use his jab as well as he could do for an upright fighter, but he does have a destructive right hand, which he actually showed when he floored or quite a few times at Fuseli, uh, Fuseli, the guy he last fought in his last fight. Now, he throws the left hand, so you can sort of measure that right, and he does it quite well, the way he sort of throws it, very quick. And he's a come-forward fighter as well, and he will look to try and take the centre of the ring and put the pressure on Cordina while looking for that big right hand. And I'm sure Cordina would have identified that, and his team would have identified that pretty quickly. He has a wide stance as well. His legs are quite quite far away, which, quite ironically, it generates quite a lot of power. But he is vulnerable to the counter, and we've seen that in a few of his fights. And uh, Farmer even used because uh, he was always a very good counter puncher, and 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 you could see that with Ogawa. He's got, he got caught a few times with those counters as he comes in, and sometimes his feet go a little bit square as well. So it's an interesting one because then you got like Cordina, who's a bit like Ogawa, where he throws a jab, but he. He doesn't really stick it out there and punch it out there like I would like with Joe Cordina, especially with that sort of Olympic background. You'd assume he would really master that jab. I don't think he's quite done that. But what he does do, and he does it effortlessly, is he sort of throws that left hand, but then he'll throw that right hand over the top, uh, followed by the left to the body. It's an effortless combination that he puts together. And he's got an excellent variety of punches. He can ride shots as well when, when under pressure, which is going to be vital against Ogawa. But the one thing I've noticed about Joe Cordina is when he's in the ascent, in the ascensive, in, when he's coming forward and he's putting the pressure on, he carries his guard quite low. And I do worry about that because if a guy can land one of those dangerous right hands, then Cordina could find himself in a bit of bother. But look, again, I mean, that's just the points I've noticed while watching at both, sort of looking at both these guys and their previous fights. And as you rightly mentioned, sure, Cordina hasn't had this. A guy with the amount of power and um, boxing skills as Ogawa's got. So, it's a tight one. It's another 50-50. I think with it being in Wales, Cordina might be able to get through it. But he's just got to be cautious um, when he he is on the incentive. And who takes the middle of the ring, Sean? I think that's a huge thing. Who takes that centre of the ring? I think they're both going to try and establish that. Because we've not really seen either of them on the back foot. So, there's question marks on both sides. Yeah, there is. I think there's a lot of question marks for, for Cordina fans, really, because I don't think he's really been that troubled. You know, with all due he respect to, to, to all of his opponents, Johnson, I've got the greatest of respect, but it's been easy. I've never really seen him yes. get out of second gear. I've never seen it. And this is where I'd like to see him step it up a little bit and show how good he really is. And I'm not saying a guy was going to be uh, an easy night because I don't think it is, but I do think that. This is the night Cordina does step up. I, well, genuinely, I hope he does. I've got a good feeling that he will. But this has got to be the night that he does it. This has got to be the night where everything that he's worked towards in his career 
it comes to fruition. He wins the IBF title and then looks at what else is around him and potentially has some of these big fights because I think he's at the stage of his career. This is where he needs it. He needs this first world title, maybe a defense or two, and then he needs to be looking at unification fights within the division because I do think he won't stick around super featherweight forever. I do think he'll move up to lightweight at some point, maybe in the next two years or so. So I think he needs to put his stamp on the authority of the super featherweight division now. And this is the time to do it. Now, in terms of a prediction from my side, I, I think he's going to win this on points. I do think he's going to look pretty masterful in, in his in his ring craft within the ring that night. I think he's going to look really good. And I think Ogawa's going to be made to look a little bit average. He is a dangerous puncher, and I'm not discounting that whatsoever. Because if he lands one then we don't know what's going to happen with Joe Cardina because nobody's really got a fully-fledged uh, power punch on him. You know, they've, they've got a few scuffing punches here and there, but his defence has been on point that he hasn't really had to go through that level of adversity yet. So we don't know what adversity is going to do to him. However, again, I do think he's got the ability. He's well-travelled. We know about his amateur background. Everything that he's done so far really should come to fruition and I do see him getting a victory. I don't think it's going to be close. I think it'll be a unanimous decision. I think he will get the nod on all three judges' scorecards and I think he'll become an IBF champion which will be fantastic for, for the Welsh fight fans because they'll have another world champion in their midst as well in Wales. Which yeah, will be... absolutely. And I'm so, I'm, I'm signing, you know, I, I believe Ogawa will catch him now and I think we'll finally see Cordina get hurt. I do believe he will get hurt. He let, he's going to go in a situation where he's going to be around maybe even two where he's recovering, where he, he's going to get stung by one of these shots. But I do believe he will take control and he'll push the guy back and keep him on the back foot, which will be to his his benefit. And I think that's that's where he's going to be scoring the points. But when he when he comes forward, I do think it's going to be a counter. I think it'll be a counter right that he's going to get caught with. But I think he'll come through it. I think this is what he needs. He needs this fight. He needs to step up. And I love the way he's able to ride shots and work his body and can faint. I mean, I, I enjoy that about Joe Cordina. I want, I want all of those. Everything he's learned is built to this point. And I think he's going to produce the goods and he will take home that title. As you say, I think it will be a UD, but I think he's going to get stung. He may even go down. Well, we'll get to see. I'm really looking forward to it. Well, on the undercard of this, as I mentioned earlier, Zalfa Barrett challenges for the EBU European Super Featherweight title against a former Cordina opponent in Farouk Kabernav, which will be a great fight for Zelfa Barrett, who's another fighter that I've enjoyed, but I've always said for many, many years about Zelfa that his career record was, to me, a little bit padded up until he got to around 1920 fights in, and he had that loss on his record against Ronnie the Shark Clark, and then he had that controversial victory over Kiko Martinez, and now he's looking to establish himself even further by winning this title i hope he wins it genuinely as a manchester lad i want to see him do well i want to see him get the victory but i can't be blinded by the fact that i have seen him come through some adverse moments where i thought to myself he comes up against a a, a world-class opponent you know not someone like a martinez who, who is very good at his stage of his career of course he is but a younger world-class opponent could really hurt him and really get him out of there and i think that's that's where we'll know whether zelfa's at that level or not. At this moment, I'd say he's at this level in terms of European level, but I'm a bit questionable about whether he can go any further than that. And I'm sure if he gets a, a comprehensive victory over Kabanov, I think you know it will be a case of they'll look to try and step him up moving forward and maybe look at more world-class opponents. So that is the chief support to the main event. And then you've got on the undercard a few fights with Sky Nicholson back in action again, 
she's very active this year. Very, very she active. Uh, Dalton Smith is on there, 10-0. He's not got an opponent confirmed, so I expect that to be a bowl over. Gamalia Fai's back in the ring. He's got another opponent in there that'll probably just be there to make him look good. You've got a few fighters on the card. Ben Crocker, Callum French, Joe Morgan. Uh, the debut of Monique Bucks as well, also on this card. So that makes up the card, which is on DAZN this weekend. Or you can check our friends out at Daz TV on Twitter for all the available services they provide. So that is the card in the UK. So we're going to fast forward to June the 7th now to cover off the arguably... Maybe the biggest fight of the three. It depends on how you interpret the fights. For me, it's probably maybe just about up there on level with the Haney Cambosis fight. Maybe some people do think it's an even greater fight. And we're talking about Naoa Anue versus Nonito Denaire, a rematch of their brilliant, brilliant fight we've seen just a couple of years ago. And it's for the WBC, WBA, and IBF World Bantamweight Championships. A fight I'm genuinely looking forward to. I mean, this is. One of them anticipated fights, probably as anticipated as Golovkin Canelo 3, which has just recently been announced. So, for me, this, this is a great fight. I'm genuinely, genuinely excited for this fight. They've not fought each other for three years, and they fought each other in the World Boxing Super Series, in which it was a great fight. One of the fights of the year, a UD for an for Naoa Inoue. I nearly said Nanito Denaire then because I think some people felt it was actually quite close to be honest but it was a really good fight in 2019 and they're doing this again. Now they're doing this again because Nanito Denaire is on the form of his life in my opinion. He's been going for such a long time but since that loss he's just come back and become a world champion again. He got the WBC title against Nordine Ubali and then he got a victory in his last fight against Raymar Gabalo. Two great KO victories on his record, and he's still showing his ripe old age that he actually is in a position where he could potentially be a world champion again. But he's got Nao Anui in front of him, which is a difficult task. Oh, it's a huge task. It is a huge task. I mean, when we first um, we, we we spoke about this fight three years ago, done a preview on it, and we didn't really give Nao much hope. In fact, I, I think. Uh, we both sort of sided with the fact that it will go a little bit further than most of the new age fights, but it'll probably be done by round six. And we were proven wrong. Yeah, and it was also the end of an excellent sequence of fights in 2019 as well. Uh, Errol Spence v. Porter. We had Golovkin, Davianchenko, Ritson Davis Jr. Taylor Program was the other final one. And Alvarez, uh, Canelo Alvarez and Kovlev. Literally, it, it I think it, it finished with that weekend. It was a fantastic... I, I just remember that really well because obviously Anua and Denier was such a great fight, which we didn't expect. And I sort of edged that to be my fight of the year because of the fact that we didn't expect it. But look, I mean, Anua, he, he's a three-weight world champion holding legitimate titles and what the light fly, super fly and bantam weight. And he's, he's got that unbelievable power that he's managed to carry through the divisions. He never rushes his work. He's very calm, he's collected, and he sort of seizes his opportunities. And the one thing I, you know, watching back the fight recently was the body punches. They were the money shots late in that fight that really hurt Donaire. And I'm sort of expecting Anoué to target that area from the get-go. And then you look at Donaire, you've, you've rightly already said, I mean, a five-weight world champion, uh, fly, super fly, bantam, super bantam, and featherweight. It's, it's incredible, isn't it? He's got a wealth of experience. He's 39 years of age. And that left hook, that signature left hook of his, is still carrying some pop. It's, it's incredible. And I think he's only ever lost once as well at the 118-pound limit, which, of course, was against Donaire in November 7, 2019. And as you say, he's picked up those that title, defended it, uh, knocking guys out in four rounds. I mean, Donaire, 
if he could time his left hook precisely enough, like he did in the first meeting, which I believe was the one that busted uh, Anoue's nose, left him sort of gasping for air for pretty much that whole fight, and actually left his orbital, his left orbital bone was broken as well, um, uh, Anoue. So Donaire clearly showing he's got enough power to cause Anoue some trouble. But as long as he can keep him guessing, disguising those punches, Donaire, I think he could be another fight that goes a distance. However, I do feel that Anoue's power will really come through. And obviously, without those injuries that he'd suffered in the first fight, I think he's still, I'm still siding with the fact that I think Anoue will eventually get rid of him. And I think it'd be a body shot. Interesting. Well, the second fight should prove whether or not it, the first fight was just a bit of a fluke from Denair, maybe because he's on this, this bit of resurgence. I think at 39 years of age, he's still showing he's got something left in the tank, very much like Golovkin. Golovkin taking that third fight. It's a really good comparison between the two. They've obviously it had really two is. fights, but these have obviously only had the one, but I think they know each other enough now to, to pr produce a really, really good fight. I mean, since that fight, you've got to look at Anue has had three victories, all by knockout or TKO. So, the last fight for for Donaire, again, KO. The last two are KOs. So, really, they're both showing that they've got that power to hurt one another. But it's whether, it's whether they can negate each other in this fight again, which will prove to be uh, another 12-rounder. Whether it'll go the distance again is another question. You think that, actually, Anue might actually stop him this time round and he might catch him with a body shot. Now, that is something that I've thought about a lot recently because... I keep thinking, you know, I know Donaire's on this in in this resurgence, but he's still getting older. He's still thirty nine. I know he lives a clean life and a great life, but Father Time catches up with every single fighter at some point of the career. And the younger, fresher fighter in a new A, if he catches him and he targets that area and he manages to successfully get through throughout the fight, I think he's going to slow Donaire down. And that when Donaire slows down, I think that's when it's going to be a problem for him. To, to try and get the points and the rounds in. And I think that's where Anoue takes it over for me. It, it really depends on, on how Donaire starts. If he comes out starting fast, I've got a feeling they're going to try and hurt Anoue like they did in the first fight and try and maybe stop him early. But I genuinely think if it goes past six again, I think Anoue wins. Whether it's points or whether it's a late knockout, I think Anoue does get this victory. But I do also think it's got the potential to be another fight of the year contender. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 100%. And, and like, like, you know, Donaire, even though he is 39, clearly, you know, that left hook, that signature left hook, you watch, you just watch the tapes of Donaire and the left hook is dangerous. And the fact is, is the power is always there. It's more the speed that type, that, that goes the older you get and whether Anoue is going to see it coming. He didn't in that first fight I think it was like the second round and he got busted badly for that left hook but credit to him he fought on with that as well but you could see the more it worked sort of Anoue worked it out I feel like right at the end of that fight those last couple of rounds when Donaire to his utmost credit you know he took that body shot and I literally thought he busted his ribs or something and how he got up and survived that last round was absolutely brilliant from Donaire but I think that it's those body shots. And the fact that he's gone all the way up to featherweight and he's dropping down another two divisions at his age is incredible because I didn't think it was ever possible. 
surely that's going to take its toll on him. And the body's work is just clear as day. And for me, I think it's a bit like when Tyson Fury fought Wilder and it was sort of at the end after he got knocked down and sort of he, he miraculously come back from nowhere and he put the pressure and pushed Wilder back. I think that was the moment when Tyson Fury realised this is what I should have done in this fight in the first place. And I think Inoue is a similar thing. Worked that body, hurt the air badly. And I think in his head, he's thinking, I'm going to do that again. That's why I feel that, yeah, I just I just feel that, that, that target is, as long as he stays away from that left hand, I think uh, Donaire is going to go down. And I think, he, I just, I can't see anything beyond the body shot. Well, it's an interesting topic of debate as to whether it's going to be a KO, whether it's going to be points, whether it's going to be a fight of the year. But it's been, it's been great covering these three major fights. And obviously, we've got some great undercard fights that we've mentioned throughout the course of the episode. They're pretty much all of the main fights to catch up on this coming weekend. And obviously, at the time of us recording this, there's things that might actually change. So if you're listening to it at this point later on in the week towards the weekend and other things yeah, have happened, <laughs> yeah, fights might independent be enough by the time you know you get around to listening to this. Hopefully, none of them will get cancelled. Hopefully, we'll get to see them all. Uh, but we're really looking forward to it. I suppose there's only one little bit of news that's recently happened that will probably still be in the mouths of many people talking about it. Anthony Joshua getting heckled by the students at Loughborough University where he trains. And Anthony Joshua going up to their room and basically threatening to crack their jaws in a very calm, cool and collected manner. Now that was a pretty funny video to watch. But a lot of people are saying this is the mask of Anthony Joshua slipping. That is the real Anthony Joshua, not not this product of media trained Anthony Joshua this is the real Anthony Joshua the, the Anthony Joshua before he became who he is today and who we know him as the actual guy who used to sell drugs on the street years and years ago what did you make of, of that particular moment do you think that's actually the real Joshua him not taking any shit off anybody I do yeah um look, I think um with Anthony I I sort of always felt it when he fought Dylan White and Dylan White kept mentioning it, saying, you're fake, you're fake. And it was like a media thing. Absolutely it was. I mean, he's done it for the Olympics. He was a gold medalist. And, you know, I'm not saying that Anthony is a complete fraud. I don't believe that. But unfortunately, I think that there are going to be times when uh, someone's going to piss you off and, and you need to you need to put them straight. And that's exactly what's happened. Probably the wrong time to do it. Maybe he's, he's feel, feels under a bit of pressure, Anthony. And, where where his career is going at the minute, I don't know. But look, I think we've seen it recently. We've seen Mike Tyson and Tyson Fury, haven't we? Yeah, I think Tyson Fury, Tyson Fury beat up a cab driver in Marbella or something, or wherever he was. You had Tyson, Mike Tyson beating up some geezer on the aeroplane. These are guys that you know they're always on the edge, especially when you're training. I don't know when the fight becoming up for Joshua, but I mean you've got to be a dickhead to even want to try and piss him off because the chance on him might give you a slap, <laughs> and that's the way it goes, mate. Unfortunately. It can happen. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Well, the Tyson Fury thing, just to sort of uh, confirm what happened there, he was actually filmed trying to get into the back of a taxi in Marbella. And the taxi, because he looked a little bit pissed, and this is for the guy who apparently doesn't drink anymore and that, you know, he shouldn't mm -hmm. be touching alcohol. But yeah, he looked a bit worse for wear there on that video that was put on social media. And he literally, the taxi driver obviously won't let him in. So he started kicking the car. You know, he didn't kick the taxi driver. He was kicking the car. Oh, the it's car. Like, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's the car. Yeah. It was just like laughing yeah. at the thinking, you know, this again, this is the real Tyson Fury. You know, forget all this stuff that's sort of put him back into the, the limelight again about the mental health issues. And, and, and I'm not denying any of that. But obviously there comes a time, the same with Joshua, where, 
you know, the, the facade that you have to put on, that, that persona you have to put on for the media, it has to slip now and again. <laughs> that was a moment where it slipped again <laughs> yeah. for, for, for Tyson Fury. But I suppose it's not, like with Tyson Fury, we've seen it slip many, many times before. With Joshua, I think people have suspected it for a long time, but now it's actually sort of showing and the cracks are showing and the pressure's showing a little bit more. He's being heckled and the fact that he wasn't able to ignore someone heckling him, you know, just goes to show you that maybe that pressure is really getting to him. You know, this will he, won't he fight Usyk? Will he, won't he fight Fury? You know, there's a lot of ifs and buts about his career at the moment. And also the fact that Deontay Wilder's just come out as well and said that he is returning to boxing. He is going to be fighting again. You know, that opens the door for more potential fights in the future. And I'm kind of glad that, you know, he is coming back. I just don't think he'll ever be the same fighter prior to fighting Tyson Fury. I think that's definitely took a lot out of him and it will have taken a lot out of Fury as well. Of course it will have done. But, do you know, the funny thing about Wilder is that I watched on social media the other day uh, of him unveiling a statue of himself in his, in his home in his hometown and i'm thinking <laughs> is is he really done that much in the sport that that justifies him getting a statue i mean i don't know the area where he comes from i don't know how supportive they are of their sportsmen and women but they're clearly very supportive of Deontay wilder and him being the wbc champion for a while because you know there was him unveiling his own statue the other day it would have been <laughs> it would have been better it would have been better if it would have been a statue of him where he's uh where he's sort of lips hanging over the other side of his face when he gets smacked by tyson fury <laughs> I was just, I was just making me laugh looking at it the other day. But oh man, that that's just some, just some funny little tidbits there that we've uh, where we've picked up in the midst of recording just, just this. Quickly, this statue is it bronze? <laughs> you know what? I don't think it is. It's not a bronze statue. <laughs> it's just got to be bronze. I don't think I it mean, is. Was, is he? He's from Alabama, isn't he? That's, yeah. Is that where? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you would think with him being called the bronze bomber, you'd be a bronze statue. Oh, I'll have to have a look. I haven't seen that. Uh, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Um, it gets it gets a statue after getting beaten up three times by Tyson Fury. It's, it's an interesting <laughs> one, but I suppose yeah, you're right. I mean, if that area isn't, isn't producing many boxes, then I suppose they, I don't really know. I mean, it's good to know he's coming back, though. I suppose that's the one thing about it. And I wonder if, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many options out there, so many fights in there for Wilder. Even though he's come on the back of the end, of the end defeats, I still think he could come back and and cause some problems. And uh, yeah, I and mean, as you say, I do think he's going to be half the fighter he used to be, though. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's it. We've done our big fight preview for this triple header of major fights this coming week. Thank you so much, as always, for all your support, all your retweets and your shares on social media. A big shout-out to the patrons of the podcast who will be getting ad-free versions of these episodes that we're putting out there. Thank you for all your support also. Please make sure, if you are already subscribed to us, that you've left us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really does truly help us. Please just take a couple of minutes just to leave that rating and review if you can. Also, Fight Fans, we will be back the following week after this for June the 11th. We've got some big shows coming up then as well. At the time of recording this... All the fights are happening. We're looking forward to it. Hopefully nothing changes. But if it does, well, hell, we've had fun talking about it. It's been a great <laughs> it's been a, it's been a great laugh as always talking about some of these fights and giving our thoughts, feelings and opinions. And that's it for us. Now we're gonna sail off into the sunset and we're gonna go and enjoy our little breaks away with our families and we'll be back 
the following week for a big fight preview for the following weekend shows. There's no reaction show for this episode. There's no reaction show for the Davis Romero fight. But our career profile on Harry Greb is out there. The lockdown interviews that I've put out there, please go and listen to them and please share them on social media. And if you're a patron, well, make sure you've checked out that patron-only content. Make sure you've listened to the episodes that are out there. That's it, Fight Fans. Thank you for listening, as always. And we'll see you in a week or so for another Big Fight Preview. Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.